If you're going to be a cat, be a bear cat. Welcome to the Metacast. I'm Josh Anderson. And I'm Bob Galen. Awkward silence. There is awkward silence. Josh, you were like you were waiting for me to, <laughs> to ramble on or something like that, right? When aren't I? You were. You were You were letting a void there, but I just didn't step into the void. That's okay. I avoided it. So, Josh. Yes, Bob. So, welcome everyone to beautiful downtown Cary, North Carolina. Josh and I are uh, just hanging out. It's around lunchtime. It's a sunny day. It's been actually crappy weather here for still a little chilly. It's a little chilly, but we can't we can't complain. A little icy in spots. It's way better than being in the northeast. So yeah, absolutely, absolutely. We have for us. So it's early March. We're talking about what day is it today? The sixth March yeah, sixth, something like March sixth. So it's March. I'll be specific. Oh, okay, right, March sixth. That's in really Cary, North Carolina. For listening to it like three weeks later. They then they realized that you were sort of you know di- you know lack diligence in getting it posted. Well, maybe they just don't have time to listen until later. That's that's true. All right, thank we you. We can't enforce our schedule on everybody else. That wouldn't be very agile, now, would it? No. My uh, goodness. Thank gracious. you for correcting me, Josh. That's why that's why we get along so well because I I misspeak and you help me stay on. <laughs> and the, I bring the hammer, the hammer down. <laughs> what are you doing, and Bob? you on the straight and narrow. <laughs> So, so this is a this is a continuation. This is as we were just practicing. This is a part du of a, of a, of a du part series on estimation story points. Yeah, our first episode in this genre. We'll just keep adding uh, words from other languages. Um, was about story points, and we titled it "Story Points Demystified" and what they are, what they aren't, and how you can and should use them. So this is going to focus more on estimation and taking those story points or whatever you use and what do you do with them, when do you do them, how do you do them, and so on and so forth. Absolutely. This is like the quiche Lorraine of... I don't even know what that is. I don't know what that is. <laughs> <laughs> it sounded French. I don't know if it is. I think it's French, right? Quiche? Is quiche a French thing? I'll, I'll I think buy so. That. I'll buy that. Yeah. yeah. Do you eat quiche? What do you put in front of me that I don't eat? Oh, amen, brother. I'm with you. Broccoli. Yeah. yeah. Well, if, if it ain't moving. Even if it is moving, <laughs> if we can go in a dead second. Yeah. Uh, so we're going to talk about estimation. You want to, you want to give it a go? Uh, you're really good at wrapping things up, like tidying things up. Can you? Why don't we start with sort of a net-net of what we talked about last time? Can you remember? Yeah, so our big deal was story points, and there's a lot of almost misuse and misquoting and we were trying to give guidance on what they're really about and towards the end we talked about much like user stories they're intended to drive conversation like so many things in the agile world they're ceremonies or actions or uh, tokens of something that will generate the appropriate conversations that need to be had so that way you can build the right things um, now I, I think we jump into the estimations and where they add value, where they don't, where they get misused, the ways they get misused, and some of the typical fears that some of the Agile teams may have out there, and try to help them a, at least a little bit on how they can manage some of yeah. those. 
I mean, there, there are ongoing fears. It's that waterfall. I, I mean, I see this all the time. I saw a post on LinkedIn a couple days ago where a guy was making the case on an Agile forum. Uh, he was, you know, he said he used the term purist, so those darn purists don't get it. He was talking about aggregating points, mm -hmm. that aggregation is fair. Uh, meaning, uh, meaning uh, having you know multiple teams aspire to have the same point estimation, right. and he was making the case for that. He was also making the case that you know we have to we have to have numbers to quote to leadership. We have to be able to estimate, and I get that. But he was he he was talking about you know Agilus is is not being willing to engage in those discussions, and so it was all downward. All of his negativity or his commentary was sort of down to the team, you pesky teams. Right. I'm paraphrasing, but you know you need to have courage. You need to shut up, and you need to sort of get over yourselves, and you need to give your leadership what they what they are asking for, right. so that they can do their job, and and I, I get that from a team perspective, but then turn it around. There's been so much misuse of estimation by waterfall leaders for, mm -hmm. for decades. Well, no wonder people blow smoke at their leaders. No wonder folks are anxious. No wonder folks, every orifice in their body puckers up when they're giving estimates because leadership has misused that stuff. You know, you, get one, you give them one estimate and they hold it over you until right. you die. Yeah. So it's a, it's a two-way. You, you almost have to earn estimates, I think, to some degree. You have to earn the right to get the variability uh, otherwise your teams are going to sort of you're going to get into this game where they're going to tell you what they think you want to hear but there's no there's no solidarity behind it there's right. no there's no substance behind it what do you, yeah what do the big push that I'm trying to do even with myself because I admittedly have baggage from previous jobs that I've been at and you and I have been at places together where that were god awful man I'm telling you <laughs> did I say that out loud god awful <laughs> Yeah, <laughs> yeah. I'm oh, sorry. I'll stop. No, that's all right. Did you hear me disagree with you? <laughs> no, but but that game was happening, right? Yeah. In, in the extreme. That, that. Yeah, and 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 I've talked about at that company that we were at. Well, we were told, not not asked, that our productivity had to increase by twelve and a half percent across all teams, and that productivity was measured by points you get done in a sprint. Um, and does that really equate to 12.5% increased business value? Like, that's what we really should be focused on. And the angle I'm really working at, trying to shed some of the baggage that I have, is operating with trust at all levels, right? That, that I trust that when I share the knowledge that I have at this moment in time, that it's informational and will be used well and for the appropriate reasons. And as that information and knowledge grows and adjusts based on decisions we've made and progress that we've made, that new versions of those same thoughts can be shared upward. Again, trying to drive towards an agile business, not just agile software development. Right. To me, that's that next step that I'm really working on making happen in as many places as I can is trying to get agile out of just software development, but move it upwards in the or the org and being able to operate in that manner. Well, agile thinking, all right. It's agile thinking. It's not just agile awareness, but it's it's thinking that way that not everything is a a blood oath commitment. Mm -hmm. uh, my wife just uh, a few months ago she ordered a uh, a chest from a company uh, for uh, Amish builders in Wisconsin, I think. Uh, like a blanket chest or mm -hmm. something, uh, and we wanted to replace one. 
and it was supposed to be delivered in mid-February. And we called them the other day, and it hasn't been, so it's mid, it's coming up on mid-March, so they're a month late. Mm -hmm. And uh, they, things happen. The weather has been atrocious, right? right? Uh, the weather has been atrocious. They've had uh, problems with over-ordering and things, and uh, stuff happens. And I think you have to adjust with that, with your thinking. Now, I would have preferred it to be delivered when they quoted it on time. I, that would be my preference. If they were if they were just changing things willy-nilly, I don't think that's the case, then I would be offended. I might even cancel the order. Mm -hmm. But right now, it's sort of, it makes sense to me. And the thing that I, bothers me, and maybe we can learn this in software, is they didn't tell me. Right. They didn't call. I wish the only problem I have is why didn't you call me and let me know that you you know you're, you've had weather issues or whatever it is and you're and you're running late. So it's transparency and communication. But other than that, and that's something as simple. I mean, think about that. That's just building a freaking box out right. of wood. We're talking about software, which is much more variable and, and a lot more discovery going on mm -hmm. every day in that thing. So I think it's just the thinking of you know stuff happens or shit happens. Right. right now, now the question is, it, and shit is going to continue to happen, right? It's happened in software for decades and decades and decades. I think I think the the agile folks uh, plan for that. They adjust to that. They 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 bring that variability to their advantage. To me, I think you just can't be afraid of it, right? Yeah. You have to know it's coming and be ready to adjust. Isn't it and sort of immature to like have this date and then you you're, you're hunker down and it's like, oh, this date won't change. I mean, can you imagine? I don't even know what kind of thinking that is. I don't even know. I think that's myopic thinking or wishful thinking. Forget agility. It's like, well, you, you, you have a project plan and it's not going to change over the next year. Right. Uh, what? Who are you? Yeah, <laughs> given the number of variables that are in play. Exactly. I mean, I, so uh, that leadership thing. Getting and I think even that, but, but, but just to me, the bigger part is reevaluating the plan that you have in place. Is that, is it really correct given what we've learned six months into that project that what we thought we should have done six months ago is still what we should do for the remaining six months. Absolutely. That's where I think a lot of failures happen is not even just the date, but in that that's the definition of what we're doing. It, let's look at points. Uh, you've, you've probably seen this. We estimate points on a backlog. And the points start, let's say the team was immature or just starting up, so their points were off. Mm -hmm. They realized that the points are half of what they nor you know, they were a half off, mm -hmm. right? So they were, you know, they were 100% off. Uh, and and then they start making adjustments. So that so now from a from a product owner, forget the team, forget the estimates. To your point, what are we doing? Now our backlog is going to cost us twice as much as we originally expected. Mm -hmm. We can beat the crap out of the team to what end? Right. It, the work is twice as much as we expect. So you can, I mean, you can put that pressure on the team. I would put the pressure on you as a business stakeholder to say, are you really willing to pay twice? Is everything in the backlog worth twice as much? Right. I would argue not. Right. It's it's, and if it is okay, then then if it's twice as much, well then that's fine. But the data is going to shift, mm -hmm. right? Because that's just the reality of the situation we we're in. So start shifting your either start shifting the date, start putting incremental packaging together, start slipping some scope, or reducing some scope, etc. Yeah, so uh, this, this, so to me, a lot of this transparency and trust comes back to a lot of things I've been thinking about of late of those courageous discussions, those difficult discussions of having them when there's a problem with the appropriate people, right? And coming out, 
taking emotion out of it and saying these are the facts and here are options and we need to make a decision and actually making a decision and adjusting. There's so many times where that discussion is never had until the 11th hour and then there's nothing else you can do. I, I think part of it, I agree with you, part of it is leadership too. I think there's a lack of leadership because I, I have a joke in my classes and when, I, when I'm doing a leadership workshop I do these agile 101s for leadership and I talk to them about, you know, in Waterfall, you could go months without making a decision, right? Everyone is blowing smoke up your patoot. Everyone's telling you it's green. You, you put pressure on the team to have them lie to you, right? So you put estimate pressure on the team. Everyone reports green. Months go by, and you think everything is just wonderful. And then the stuff hits the fan at the very end. And then maybe you make decisions, but they're gross decisions like, do we release or not? Do I fire people or right, not? Yeah. They're these very coarse-grained, right. silly, you know, sort of not very healthy decisions. In Agile, you're, I think you're forced to decide every day. Yeah. Things are shoved under your nose as a leader, and and it and it's not Bob. Uh, you know I can't respond with I want both, or suck it up work the tonight, or I can't always have this sort of you promised me a. I, you know now I realize it's twice as big. Tough, suck it up, and just I have to make leadership decisions. I like that, but I think you have to as a leader. I think that's powerful. That's, yeah. But you have to have the courage or the stamina or the backbone to realize, I mean, I think there's a lot of wishy-washy leaders in the world mm -hmm. that just they hope, oh, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to click my heels together and hope for the best. Well, right. what, what, make adjustments, lead, make decisions. You can't have, so if you can't have it all, what are you going to pick? And pick wisely. Right. That's your. That's like last time I checked. That's why you got the big bucks, right? Yeah. So, so, so let's dial it back from, from this and put ourselves Oh, did shoes. I take this off track? No, you're on track. What I want to do is focus on situations that many of our listeners are likely in. Most of our listeners are likely in some sort of transition or implementation yep. of, of Agile where there's an organizational norm around estimations and any of those other things that are out there. Are there any tools or methods or plans of attack that we can give them to help go towards everything we're talking about because it's not a light switch right you're not going to just say hey we're agile and we're not going to estimate the way we've done it um i don't think you'll get a big bang moment like that so how do we help them evolve there or maybe you think there is a big bang way to do that i don't know if there's a big bang way i mean let's go back to what you where you introduced this though i i think um so, so there's this thing called a fist of five mm -hmm where you vote one to five on your fingers for a question. You can fist of five, release readiness, sprint readiness, all kinds of stuff. You can use it in retrospectives. There's uh, the user story uh, has the three C's. It's card, it's confirmation, and conversation. Uh, every coach worth their salt, I think, emphasizes conversation over card, the front, and confirmation, the acceptance criteria. Then there's this thing called planning poker which is a way of voting. You can use Fibonacci, you can use t-shirt sizing, numbers again. We're mm -hmm. coming up with numerics. Um, so that so there's numbers in everything, or there's words in everything I said, in all of those techniques. I think I think teams, the, the first thing, the first advice or the first tool is realize that the numbers matter much less than the conversation. Uh, the whole point of planning poker isn't to come up with five or eight, I think. It, the numbers are an outcome. They're they're good. They're relative estimates. Mm -hmm. The power of planning poker is the is the conversation. 
it's ten times more important. Uh, what? Why? Why are people thinking it's a five versus a thirteen? Uh, who agrees? Who disagrees? What's a development point of view? What's an architect point of view? What's a tester's point of view? And to have that conversation, should we split the story? Is it risky? Do we think it's risky in its current state? Mm -hmm. uh, and do we split it to make it less risky? Uh, and the numbers inspire these conversations. I, th I think there's that thread that too many folks miss. Uh, even at the team, forget the leaders, we're debating. Too many teams are arguing about numbers Mm -hmm. And I think they should be arguing about, well, not arguing, but having conversation. Would you, what do you think about it? React to that. Yeah, and that's a maturity thing within an Agile team of being able to understand what that's about. And that takes strong leadership to, A, identify that and tell them that this is not about the number. This is about that discussion that happens and making sure that we know what we're doing and what we're building and we all have a clear understanding. So that's step one is somebody has to stand up and educate the team and say, hey, this is what this is really about. You can have a crappy user story. Uh, the user story being crappy is not the point. If the crappy, You mean the as I yeah. whatever. Or it could be even terse words. As right. long as you have heavyweight conversation around terse wording, then do I need to make the words more robust? I don't know. I don't think so. Have the have the conversation and talk about the story. Have the conversation around three versus eight, right? Then figure out is is it important for us to break it down or is it important for us to to you know refine the number? It's the same thing with the the, the entire point of a fist of five in any evaluation. I don't care if someone throws a one or a five. Mm -hmm. The the key thing for me is why. And I always ask folks when we throw the fist five, not just throw the number. Why are you a three? And what would it take to get you to be higher? And I want to have that. I want to have that conversation. What do we need to do? Right. So take it to action. Take it to discussion. Take it to, you know, are we going to work together around that stuff? I agree with you that leadership, uh, either formal leadership or maybe coaches, scrum masters, someone needs to be coaching inexperienced teams. That right, and that's where, to me, the whole jump the shark thing comes in and bites us in the butt is because folks don't really understand it and they latch on to the big ticket items. It's the, the tactical stuff, yeah. right? It's these tactical execution and they miss. They miss the richness of the conversation. And I know that sounds like an old guy on a Metacast talking about the war, World War II and you know having stories, but that's Metacasters, that's the truth. I see this pattern over and over again. It's immaturity to maturity is get over that the, in the in the case of estimation, get over the numbers to some degree and get into the conversation around what you know. How are we going to work together? What is it? Mm -hmm. And and how are we going to break it down? And how are we going to delight the client, etc. Or how are we going to deliver high quality? Right. So as examples of where we use the fist of five to drive conversations is, we do quarterly checkpoints throughout the sprint. We've broken it up like a like a sporting event, like like a football game or something like that, where one one quarter of the way into the sprint, our scrum master says, okay, let's do a fist of five of how we're doing and what adjustments do we need to make. Those those discussions should be happening, but that's a targeted moment in time where we're going to force ourselves to talk about that. Yep. And again, to your point, it's not, a, again, I don't care if it's a zero or five or somebody throws a ten. The important part is that that checkpoint and that discussion of in this two-week chunk of work that we're doing, how are we doing? Do we need to make an adjustment? What's the right direction for us to go? So we do it there. We do it in our sprint planning, in our sprint review. Um, 
that's pretty much it. Uh, but it's, it's, it's working but, well. But for it's us. that same view of some range of things of objects that one could choose. It's not the objects. It's mm. it's the conversation. Now a lot of teams don't drive the conversation. A lot of teams talk about the objects, right? We're going to argue, yeah, and it gets and it gets personal, right? <laughs> right? You know, and, and it's it's irrelevant. It's and it is easier. It's it's absolutely easier to you know to do that and get to the why. Like I care about why are you a five? Let's say we're doing planning poker, and I I vote thirteen, and you vote five, and and so and that's it. And we just are in a pissing match between each other, and you're bigger than me, so you win. So we, so we go with five. Well, what if we ask the why, and the why, and you say, well, I just guessed. I had a bad, you know, I didn't sleep last night, and I'm really, I would want an honest answer. Mm-hmm. I want, so the why behind your five is you don't care. You're tired, you don't care, and you never, and you really don't do this stuff, so you guessed. That's actually fair. Now, I, as a team member of you, if I know that context, I know that your five is BS, right? It's it's just, it's a guess. Right. So I'm going to discount it, and I'm going to listen to my 13 if I have more information, and I'm going to maybe listen to someone else who has more skin in the game. I'm not going to berate, I'm not going to berate you. That's I, At least I know the why. Or if your why, let's flip it around. Your why is a five because you coded one of the, the same story last yesterday. Right, <laughs> and you just did one, and it took you five points, whatever that means. Right. Well, then that why is an incredibly valid why for my, and I better be listening to that in the. Con- it's like, well, well, crap! I had an observation, or I had a thought. Josh has actual, re- not just experience. He did it yesterday. Right. So, so it's and that- again, that's another one of those where people have to stop and listen to what's going on and make an adjustment, right? Because you you throw that thirteen out. And then you get new information. So then you have to apply that information to what you're doing and make the right decision. You have to be self. You're right. You have yeah. to be mature and self-aware and be willing to say, "Oh, it's listen and, and, and to adjust." Right. And that's got to happen everywhere. Yeah. Not, not just to me. That's what this is all about. Is that awareness of I've acquired new knowledge that helps me gain a better understanding of what we're about to do. Are so, we on track? Are we off track? Yeah. What adjustments? And do don't we get make? stuck. Don't get stuck, and I see that stuckness so much, right? It's it turns into this sort of it's me against you. It's it's like a matter of principle or something. I can't admit that by eight, my original eight. Do you ever see people and yeah. they get stuck on these these silly numbers? It's like if you're gonna get stuck on something, get stuck in the conversation. Yeah, my 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 directive to our group here is these discussions need to be about facts and removing emotion as much as possible like what's the because at the end of the day we're engineers and a logical answer wins once you get past the emotion of gosh that's way different than what i thought it was what was i thinking was wrong it's like okay what what are the facts to the best of our knowledge right whatever knowledge we have about that let's put that on the table and then go so that's one part I think. Going back to you know what what can we, advice can we do is don't take it too seriously. Conversation trumps everything else. The second thing is the numbers do have value I think, uh, but they're relative. So people forget this notion of relativity, mm-hmm. and the relativity is based on your experience. Right. So I want the conversation to be you know what I this is similar to a story I did. You know we did a couple stories like this, and they were roughly three points. So that's what I was thinking. It's right. a rela- It's in the ballpark. Is it is it the exact number of seconds or hours? No, but it's close to a three. So that's what I was thinking, and I said three. Yeah. So so for the nerds out there, to me, I think of it. 
it's like a binary search, right? Is it bigger or smaller than this? Okay, it's smaller. So now the range of points that I have below that, is it bigger or smaller than the midpoint? And you start to narrow in on that and thinking of it just like that of is it bigger or smaller than nice relativity. Way. That's a nice way. Even old guys like me understand binary searches. That's a nice way to talk about it. Is I just split so all we're doing is narrowing. Mm -hmm. All we're all we're we're not trying to get I mean Again, every nerd wants to get precision, right? But, but forget this precision. There is—I don't think there is precision in software engineering down right. to milliseconds for execution time. Mm -hmm. There's too much variability. So we're just trying to get in the ballpark. So let's not lose that. So the points are relative. The ballpark, their Fibonacci or whatever you're using, uh, t-shirts one three five. Yeah, it doesn't. That 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 unit does not matter. It's well, it matters from the point of view of. I think it matters from the point of view of velocity. What I was going to say is that the as long as it's a consistent unit. Exactly. Yeah. As long as we're in the ballpark and we're consistently ballparking our stuff, and then we're rolling that up into a velocity. I think velocity is really useful mm -hmm. from a planning point of view, from a forecasting point of view. But even that's relative. It's going to it's going to vary. Right. Uh, it, it would be it would be insane not to expect variability. It's not a it's not a precise estimate because the underlying units are not precise. We're in a binary search. Yep. I like that. I, I like that. Analogy. I do what I can. It sounds like a blog post I should write. So I, I the two the two key things to me are you know the the so conversation over numbers numbers are valuable but don't forget that they they have this relatively relativity nature mm -hmm. so stop trying to be too precise uh, because it's not it's not the goal. Uh, and then roll them up into velocity. And if you're doing any forecasting, back to what we were talking about, bad company, mm -hmm. uh, we should. I, I think I, I was I was talking to a potential client just yesterday, and she was a product owner, and she had she had worked at one company, and then she went to another company, and she was talking about how she she apparently worked at a very mature as a chief product owner at a very mature company, and she's like, we were doing a lot of velocity-based forecasting per team. She said it worked beautifully. What we had to do was was uh, groom ahead enough mm -hmm. to cover, to get high-level estimates for the work that we were trying to project, and I could, I could do arithmetic to do forecasting, communicate goals and things outward. And she said we, that it was not it was not absolutely precise, but it worked really well for this company to guide the, the business cases and things like that. And I'm like, yeah, it works so nice. Now she, she left that company, went to another company where they can't do that to save their life. And as a product owner, she's really struggling. Like, where, where can I hang my hat? So what's the key difference in those two companies? Is it how they view the world? Is it a level of trust? Is it what, what, what's defining the maturity difference between those two so I think I think grooming I think I think the key thing was stories estimation grooming really healthy look ahead and the and the current company is not doing any of that they're sort of staying in the sprint at the moment mm -hmm. uh, and they're having you know scrum or fall so there's other underlying things like they're they're you know they're they're really waterfall within the sprints mm -hmm. so they have a lot of anti-patterns going on but from a pure but they're missing I mean she's she's not just a chief product owner in the new company she's she's a key stakeholder she's communicating value to clients 
that value is for everyone. So everyone should be trying to feed her the right, giving her, putting her in a position where she can forecast something. Mm -hmm. Like right now, she has nothing to forecast, and, and she's really struggling with that. Uh, they don't have scrum masters too in the new company, and she's she was talking about, you know, that you know it's just hoping and praying that the teams get it on their own, yeah. and that's not working out right. really well there either. So so you know, doing scrum, we've talked about like so what is the minimal set of I think of things to do scrum well uh, and they're and they're not focusing on that but it's but what I'm saying is coming back to velocity is I think the ultimate usefulness of it is this high-level forecasting we were talking about but again you're forecasting the leaders who realize there's variability realize that things are going to change and they need to change their their communication to adapt to that how did this metacast do can I tell a real st silly story I want you to react Please to do. It? I once, I once had a team, I forget, this was a channel advisor, uh, and this team was really struggling with estimation. And I forget how we got to this. I think it was part my coaching, part there, like in a retrospective. But we went into us. we said, we're not gonna estimate anything on a sprint. Uh, so, so screw it all. So, so points, it didn't, so, so they didn't do tasking, they didn't do sprint planning. And they didn't do, so they didn't do high level planning and points or anything. And they didn't do low level estimation and sprint planning because they basically sucked at both of those things. Right. Uh, and, they, and, and the decision was, uh, we're going to feed them a list of things to do. So they are going to get a, a backlog, if you will, in the sprint, a prioritized list of things. Mm -hmm. They're going to come in on Monday morning. Every day they're going to come in as a team and they're going to figure out what they're going to bite off. They're going to estimate what they need to estimate only only to figure out who works with who today. Uh, and they're really going to focus on working together and getting the highest priority stuff done. And they just totally threw this notion of estimation like out the door for a few sprints. Um, they they kicked ass. They just can't bet, right? It, they wasn't. They weren't doing. It's sort of. It's sort of like a. But they weren't. They weren't combining. They were. I mean, it, it, is, it is. There's a lot of similarity. But they. They didn't do any estimates. No, they had a sprint. So they had two weeks. Right. So they had a scrum master. They had a product owner. It was sort of a, a derivation of of just throwing throwing out. Uh, I've done some things with whip limits along the same, right. you know, like we're only going to plan three things or we're only going to plan two things at a time, but that would keep teams engaged for multiple days. This team was like figuring out as they went. They were, they, every day they had to figure out what did they accomplish the day before and then what are we going to, how are we going to play the hand that we're dealt today? And it worked beautifully for them. They did that for, I forget when they stopped. They went back to normal planning and it really helped their normal planning. But they focused. They went all in on execution. What do you think about that? And I haven't. I haven't coached another team to do that. So that was around 2008, maybe 2007, 2008. I haven't really, uh, you know, suggested that to a team since then. And maybe I should have. Thoughts? I think it's good because it drives. So it takes that where everybody gets hung up on and throws it out the window. It did throw it out. It, like absolutely. And, and it, they're weak because there was no forecast. There were no numbers, right? So I don't know if that would have sustained forever. No, but it but it but it gets them to focus on the right things and understand how it should be done well, and gets them. And it's almost like you took that two week sprint and broke it up into ten little sprints. It was it, it was ten little mini sprints. They and they did estimate tasks, right? So they did, but they only tasked out the day. 
right. which was much easier. It's right. Like, you know, you and I, by lunchtime, I'm going to have some code to give you to test. Right. So we were, it's, it wasn't even formal tasking. It was sort of these, you know, it's going to take me about this long to do this and you about this long and we'll meet in the middle and then mm -hmm. we'll integrate or do something like that. Mm -hmm. uh, but it was 10 mini sprints. It worked beautifully. I don't know why. But that, but, but you, so I know why it worked and I believe it worked because you you took the common stumbling block where people get tripped up and hung up on those points. You took that out of the equation and then those 10 sprints forced them to size every day and get better. So, so it was a repetition, just like getting better at golf or anything you do, the repetition, you forced that and you forced them to focus on the right thing so that enabled them to quickly get better at what they weren't good at and then they slid back into the norm and executed more effectively. Well, they had that muscle memory from, right. they had balance when they went back that, you know, with, you know, estimates are important but they're not you know they're not that important or something I, I, I sort of think about that periodically and I, I wish I would have because I encounter teams that I mean I encounter teams that are struggling in that same way often but it's an extreme it's sort of an extreme suggestion uh, and we literally threw it out we literally for some period of time we didn't we did you know it's like we'll earn the ability to estimate yeah and 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 it's really hard for people to step away from that unit of measure. Like I can tell you we we did a quick replan of things and one of our newer teams was doing quick t shirt level sizing of things and everything was large and extra large. And my I was fighting myself to not say anything of if that's a large and extra large, are we ever gonna have anything small? Exactly. Like ever, ever, ever. But I forced myself to hold my tongue and what it and that unit didn't matter. It was the relativity. Right. right. So even being down the path that I've been and fighting against yeah. estimates and story points yeah. and that people do get hung up on what those units and what those measures are, that it can be really hard. So that approach you took might be one that should get used more, more often to get people to focus on the parts that really matter. The, the other thing I think, and it, it comes back to what you were saying, so advice for Metacasters is so conversation trumps all of the numbers and execution is is as important as conversation right mm -hmm. so planning is one thing planning is useful execution is the goal and the thing is i think teams need to talk about that right. i don't think scrum masters or whoever's leading the charge in the adoption of agile either don't identify it because they don't know or they just don't identify it Right, And I think you need to educate the teams that this is really what this is about. So that way they're aware, right? They're smart people and they'll get it. Yeah. So that's step one, is just ensuring that everybody has a level set on what this is really all about. Right. I think that's what the, uh, the hashtag no estimates is trying to get at, is what I just articulated. Mm -hmm. It's not that estimates don't matter at all, but if you get into a, mind, into a frame where you devalue, you know, you, you throw them off to the side and don't worry about, well, then you're forced to focus on conversation right. and execution and results. Right. Which is like the manifesto, right? It's people over process. It yeah. doesn't mean process is bad. Yeah. It just means people trump the process. Yeah, exactly. But, but this, this estimation stuff, it throws us back. And, and you said something critical earlier. In our DNA, we are engineers. Mm -hmm. 
we love <laughs> so for we can't just blame it upward right 100 you need to point the fingers at ourselves mm -hmm. we love numbers we right. we think we love precision I, i'll speak for myself i i think i can precisely articulate anything <laughs> i'm an engineer right. uh and so we we get in our own way um when i suggested that to that that group that team they were incredibly un, they were so oh, for, yeah they were and incredibly uncomfortable with that whole notion right every day they were incredibly uncomfortable it's like holy crap i have to come in today and i have to figure it out again yeah. and i have to be nimble and i have to right it, it's not predicted for me it's not predicted in advance and, and and because of that that's one of those where where i said leaders have to lay that out on the table you have to continually do it because of who we are and how we're wired is those numbers will come to the forefront because we like things to line up well. We like things to stack nicely. So that's another important point. Uh, we regress. So even if even if you have a team that's behaving the way Josh and I are describing, it is a real common pattern because of the way we're wired, even under pressure, mm -hmm. to go back to wanting to plan more and estimate more, etc. Mm -hmm. Right. So you got to you got to be wary of that. We just we have a tendency to. Have, I, I've seen that over and over again. How do, I like this as a compliment to that uh, that first metacast of estimation. Did mm -hmm. we cover everything? I think we covered everything that we talked about covering. What do you think? There's a larger discussion. So we did a lot focused on the sprint level sizing and estimation. I think where things get really messy is that next level when you take a whole bunch of teams and you put them together and then you try and have that mystical magical roadmap. Well that's what that young that, lady I was talking about. Right. But I think there's more we could dig into that that might be another follow up. Well that's I mean, we've talked about that with safe, we might. We we talked about do we aggregate. So in our safe it, Metacasters, if you go back, Josh and I have discussed safe a few times. One of the key things in safe that that gets a lot of uh, sort of debate is this notion of aggregating velocity and we talked about that is it good is it bad mm -hmm. uh, safe sort of looks at the world like you thou shalt have normalized velocity uh, so that you make that forecast planning easier uh, I don't like that I'll, I've gone on record I don't like that aspect right. of it I, I like being in the ballpark so I think in our in mm -hmm. the discussions we've talked about are you close are you right. order, orders of magnitude off team right. to team or are you right. relatively close um, but that is, that is an area where I think we've talked about that. So if you if you want to go there, I'd say go back to one of those safe episodes. Probably the last one would be a good place where we talked about that. And if you want us to dig in more on that, let us know. Absolutely. It, it, it's absolutely an area. And it's one of those glue points. You can't, so I don't think we can ignore it as well. It goes back, I think we said this at the very beginning, you have to feed people something. You have to be able to forecast something. Mm -hmm. right? It's just a question of, do, do your consumers of that understand? Do you ever, right, do you ever reforecast? Exactly. Or is it a, we're going to forecast for the next 12 and do the, months? And do the consumers understand what the heck's going on? Right. Uh, and do they really understand, or are they just gamesmanship and things like that? Right. Cool good deal did we beat it to death i think we did i i feel i feel pretty good about this metacast in the beginning i thought we were, i was rambling but i think in general we can, yeah I, I ramble i i know it <laughs> i know it so uh everyone if you want to get a hold of us we're on twitter we're on uh, 
I oh, I can't wait to hear another social network that you mentioned that's not <laughs> no, LinkedIn. LinkedIn. <laughs> we're on LinkedIn. We're on I, we're on all of those those social Facebook. thingies. Yeah, we're on yeah, Facebook. Social thingies. That's a, that's a perfect descriptor. You know, I was trying to be bold and to go there, and I have nothing in my quiver. Could you help? <laughs> could you bail me out? Throw me a throw me God, a rope, no, Josh. Again, you found us. Find us in the same place again. Give us the feedback in that channel. We get notifications about anything you send our way. So please let us know. We're here to help. Cool. Uh, and we're, I'm going to take. I'm going to. I'm taking a trip to South America, so I'll be there for a couple of weeks. So there'll be a little pause in our Metacast, and then Josh and I will uh, we'll catch up. We're even going to have uh, from a f- future uh, sort of coming attractions. We're going to we're going to have some uh, mix things up a little bit, aren't we, yeah. Josh? Yeah, a couple guest speakers. A couple here. guest speakers, a little panel action, and things like that. Yeah. Well, things that we're looking at is. Um, Talking to folks that are mid-transition and getting feedback from them on how is it different from what they thought, how is it easier than what they thought, how is it harder than what they thought to, again, help those of you out there that are going through the same thing, trying to give you some in-the-moment feedback from people that are in the same shoes you are. Yep. So we're mixing up the format a little bit. I'm excited about that. Uh, we're trying to be uh, we're trying to be as agile as we can be. We are. So from beautiful downtown Cary, North Carolina, I'm Bob Gamble. And I'm Josh Anderson. Shake and bake. Take care, y'all.